Okay. Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and tonight is Friday, November 1st, 2019. And tonight we're actually very privileged. Um, we have um, our group member and author, Abby Taylor, joining us to discuss her most recent book, The Red Dress, which we all read for tonight. And let me give you just a little bit of information about Abby. Um, she lives in uh, Sheridan, Wyoming. Um, she's worked as a registered music therapist. She belongs to a women's singing group, and she's facilitated a support group for people with vision loss. And besides the red dress, she's actually written a lot of books, um, and her other titles are We Shall Overcome a Novel, That's Life, New and Selected Poems, My Ideal Partner, how I met, married, and cared for the man I loved despite debilitating odds. And her fourth book is How to Build a Better Mousetrap, Recollections and Reflections of a Family Caregiver. So this is actually her fifth, fifth book, which is pretty impressive. Um, so what we're going to do is um, Sherry is going to call on each person individually, one by one. And when she calls on you... You can, these are your options, right? You can uh, give a comment or two about the book. You can ask Abby a question. You can do both. Or if you prefer, you could just, I, I forget to mention this sometimes, but sometimes people just like to listen. So if you're really just here to listen today and you don't want to make a comment or ask a question, that's an option too. And then, then what we'll do is we'll turn it over to Abby to respond if she has if somebody asks a question or if they make a comment and Abby wants to make a, a comment in return. And that way she doesn't have to remember everything in her head, all the questions that everybody's asking. I thought it'd be easier that we can just go back and forth. So Sherry will call on a person and then Abby will have a chance to respond <coughs> and we'll go to the next person and we'll sort of do it that way because I, I think we probably have a, a nice sized group here, maybe nine, ten people. So I think it'll be a little bit more organized that way. And after everybody has a chance to go around, um, if people have additional uh, questions or comments, then we'll have kind of a more open, uh, you know, discussion that way. So I will now turn it over to Sherry. Okay, thank you. And I'm going to start with Joni. Abby, I just love this book. You know, I, I was a little apprehensive because you had said that it was sort of a romance novel, and I don't read romance novels. I don't like them. And I started reading this book, and I just quit. I just absolutely loved it. Um, I, I thought the family was extremely interesting the whole the whole thing that they um that each individual and I love ginger that dog was so cute <laughs> um, the uh the the favoritism of each parent to each of the girls um, I I felt bad about that because, well, I only had one child and he was my favorite, of course, because he was the only one. Um, but I I think it must be I don't know if you have more than one. Uh, my parents never played favorites with um, with either my sister nor I. Um, we got treated according to what our needs were and what our, our parents thought that our needs were. And, um, and the, uh, what do I want to say? The, um, oh, I just lost it. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, I forget what I was going to say, so suffice it to say, I thought it was awfully good, Abby, and I thank you for it. 
I was going to read it a second time because um, there were a lot of things that I, um, well, I, you know, my brain doesn't exactly work too well these days. So uh, I thought if I read it a second time, that would be good. But then I kind of ran out of time. But again, thank you for a very, very good read. And, and I really, really, uh, there was something about it that was very sort of like, oh, I don't even know what word I want to use. But anyway, thank you again for a, a very, very good read. Well, you're welcome, Joni. And yeah, I, I act, I've never had any kids of my own, but I was uh, one of two children. And there were times when I felt that my mother was playing favorites with my younger brother. And so that's where I kind of got the idea for the favoritism. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed the book. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go down the list here. Carla? Um, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I really have to echo what Joni said. I love the book. I'm going to go as far as to say this is this is the best book that any of these book groups have chosen in a <laughs> long time. I mean, it's just so... It's just so, what I want to say, refreshing to read a normal book, you know, about a family and things that you can identify with. And it was sort of interesting. I used the um, MP3 audio with the um, Bookshare, and she made some interesting mistakes. She called Jane oh, January sometimes. Right. And, oh, and yes. Yeah. And, right. Instead of, instead of Jan, she said January. Yeah. But I, and I never thought of maybe making her name January. That might have... You know, I just <laughs> assumed that was her real name and Jan no, was No, I noticed that also. No. That she can't, but sometimes she'd use Jan and sometimes... They sometimes do that. They add on. But let, let's well, let Carla finish. Yeah, and then yeah. when they say, oh, it always sounds like an explanation. Oh! <laughs> it's just so funny. But I... Oh, yeah. Kendra does that. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I know what you mean. I, I but wasn't the character development in this book was just really phenomenal. Um, and I could see at first Julie was really a typical selfish, sort of egocentric teen. And I know because I've, I've been that way as a teen myself <laughs> sometimes because you get sort of consumed with what I you're I think doing. we all might have. And I oh, yes, a I lot of teens and some of them are like that. But she really, um, she matured, but then she progressed a little bit, of, you know, towards the end, um, which is, it, it's realistic. Um, and, um, and how um, there was a little bit of intrigue there because you wondered if Greg was taking up with Adele um, and um, you wondered about a few things um, and, and there was right. intrigue just to keep you going and, and just the day-to-day -day activities of everything and just the little minutiae. Really, it, it just kept me, I, I read this book, this was one of the books, um, I don't know if I've shared with you folks, but I read talking books whenever I'm doing exercise. Mm -hmm. And I like this book so much that I decided I was only going to read the book when I was doing exercise. <laughs> I thought that would keep me exercising because I still have to do my arms, even though my legs are not usable right now, or my right leg isn't. Mm -hmm. um, I have to do my cardiac rehab. And sometimes if you just do straight arms for 45 minutes to an hour, it's just hard to do that. It just exhausts you. And so I made these one of the talking books that I use for that, um, that purpose. That's what keeps me going. I, I choose books. And these books are just exercise books. And I couldn't wait to exercise, and I overdid the exercise a couple of times. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry. No that's, no, that's a good thing, I guess. But I love the book. Um, and the question that I, I had is, um, well, I have a couple of questions. Are these pictures anybody um, from your real life, or how did you get the idea? And the second thing is, how did you go about, I, I like to write myself, too. And I, I write little stories and books and things, but I, nothing, you know, published to the extent that you are. I've just had a couple of poet, poems published in magazines. Um, how did you go about getting it on Bookshare? And is there um, a time that it's going to be on Bard someday? Okay, well, um, to answer your first question, um, yeah, a couple of characters that I can think of are actually based on real characters. The, the John. Charlene's husband, 
I have an uncle whose name is John, who spelled the same name, who actually lives in California and actually does sound effects to movies. And so I used him as the basis for my character, John, in the book. And then Thomas, the boy, her son, who likes the Colorado Rockies, was inspired by my late husband, Bill, who was also an avid fan of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, and let's see. And then um, I actually, when I was growing up, there were a couple of girls who lived across the street from me whose names were Julie and Ashley. And, of course, they were totally different from the characters that I have here in the book, but that I got the names. I decided to use their names. Um, and those are the only ones I can think of that are possibly based on people in real life. And I am working on getting it in some sort of recorded format. Uh, unfortunately, my regional talking book library in Utah does not upload books to BARD. I may still send it there, but I'm looking into the possibility of finding another library that would record it. And I have a, a friend in Kingsport, Tennessee, who's actually uh, has a marketing business. And she said she was going to look into to see if she could find, if she knew of maybe one or two libraries that might record it, even though I'm not in, you know, that's not in my region, that might record it. So she's going to look into that. I'm also looking into getting it on Audible. Of course, I'd have to pay pay for that, you know, to pay an actor, an actress to read it. But um, I am looking into that possibly. So eventually it will be in recorded format, but how soon, I can't tell you right now. So. But how okay. did you get it on Bookshare? And oh, I'm, oh, Bookshare. Oh, well, that was, that was easy. Yeah, I just went to the site, and there is a, a link. I can't think what it is now that you click on. Uh, it says contribute or something like that. And... It's just a matter, in fact, all I had to do, I'm trying, I don't think I even had to do the, the letter, the sign the letter of consent and mail it. Oh, that was because I'd sent them books before. If you're sending a book for the first time, I think you have to download and sign a, a, a letter of consent saying that you agree to, to you know, to have this book uh, added to their collection. But all I had to do in this case was just email it to them in an EPUB format, which I just happened to have because um, my publisher sent it to me that way so that I would have it in case I needed, a, you know, the uh, official book. So I just sent that to them. And, and so that's, you know, that, that was the, that was the easy part. <laughs> Thank you for such a wonderful book. Um, so I, I really did enjoy it. Well, you're welcome. And thank you. Okay, Bob. Oh. Well, Abby, first I want to say it's, it truly is an honor to have you here as our friend and as an author. I, I could write maybe a paragraph, never a book. Okay, so let me only say that uh, in my family, I was, uh, my parents didn't play favorites. Yes, I was a special kid. My brother and sister got paper and pencil. I got a typewriter that was there, but then my sister was the girl so that when she went to the prom, she was the star. My brother was a baseball player, so we went to all the Little League games. I'm not saying he was perfect. I was a mama's boy more, but I love my dad very much. That's just the way it is. I, my question is, I'll, I'll keep it short so we can hear others. It, it was a nice read. It really was. I read it in Braille uh, with Bookshare, and I liked uh, the characters by the end, of course. Um, I, I want to talk about Greg a minute. Greg was a great father. He was good. He taught her to school for the blind, taught English, I believe. And yet suddenly, and Eve wasn't perfect. She was a best-selling author. She always gave him leftovers and learned to make meatloaf and oatmeal. We went through the oatmeal thing when Julie said, you're stupid and all that. But I have two quick questions. One, why did you make Greg so mean? What was the purpose that he even said, go to California. She's dying. You'll get your red dress. That was pretty cruel. That, that was... That was, um, you know, kind of cruel there, I thought. And um, the other thing is, and again, I'm old school. These kids are saying, Mom, we know you had an affair with Trent. Oh, we know that Dad had one and all this. My parents would have wiped the floor with us. They, they would not have allowed yeah. that. It never would have happened. So I, interesting, is, is this the modern age that teenagers do this? Thank you. I'm afraid it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kids, and, and it's too bad, because kids nowadays, I don't think, 
are raised in our, you know, discipline the way we were when we were growing up, most of us, I should say. And there may be some younger people here. But most of us, you know, yeah, you, you wouldn't have, you, we wouldn't have talked to our parents the way that my teenagers talked to them. So I am reflecting uh, modern times. Okay. And as for Greg being mean, I did yeah. that, you know, to create more tension uh, in, in the book. Uh, so, because, the, and, I, and I think that maybe, you know, he was feeling, you know, all of a sudden, especially when she just has to go at the last minute because her friend is dying, and, and he's kind of feeling overwhelmed because I have to, you know, to, to take uh, two kids and the dog and everything and drive all the way to California on his own um, because, I mean, the daughter, the Julie probably might have driven, but she hadn't had much experience driving on highways. So, you know, and he's just overwhelmed. And and I think part of the reason, you know, during that week while she's gone, he felt kind of bad, but he was still kind of mad. And he didn't really want to do anything until he sees her, saw her in the red dress after she got home. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah I, I think you have, but it was... Um especially when they were cuddly, even and Greg. And he said, now you're going to give her back the phone right, right now. And she says, no, you're going to wait till Sunday. By the way, my favorite was Ashley, by the way. She, oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas was good, too. He loved, he loved the Rockies. Good. I love that. But Ashley was my favorite. But then he turns away from her. You really got to be mad there in a marriage. I, I, I can only say that. Yeah. I don't know if that's older, new school. I don't know. But when you do that, I try to kiss my wife goodnight every night. Thank you. Yeah, well, I've, well, I've read other books, you know, where, where husbands are, you know, especially men are like that. So, yeah. Hmm. And, and uh, so, I luckily, my husband wasn't like that, but uh, yeah. others are. Okay. Okay. Alan? Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks, uh, Abby. It, it, it was a nice read. And uh, my, my favorite character was... Uh, uh, Eve's dad, Jack, that owned the bookstore. I, I liked him. And uh, uh, my, my, my one question is, and, and, I, and I hate to make it light, but uh, uh, I, I'm a big foodie, and, and I really want to know how many women, after three kids and 20-plus years, could really still wear their high school prom dress. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm finding that a tough yeah. sale. But, uh, uh, but, 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 but other than that, uh, I, I enjoyed it, and, and thanks for being here. Well, that is a really good question, and I don't know. Uh, I just, I, I, that, uh, as far as how many women could wear their old high school, I just don't know. But I had to, you know, I had to do it that way so that she would, you know, be in that dress, and and um, uh, and of course, when she, once she wore it for the second time, it you know it got it brought Greg back to her. So, uh, you know, I but you know that is a good point. But there's really, you know, what's done is done now. So there's not a whole lot I can do about it now. And no, yeah, it was really it was really. And I actually, you know, funny. I submitted chapters of this to my Gail and I belong to, and nobody there said anything about well how. You know, women, she's not going to be able to fit into her prom dress. And Leonor Dvorkin, who is very good at, you know, picking out things that might be not be consistent, you know, she didn't say anything. So I figured, okay, well, so I don't know. I, I'm afraid I can't give you a better answer than that, Alan. Sorry. No, they're, 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 it, it, it was rhetorical, so I mean, Okay, right. okay. Uh, hi, hi uh, Abby? Yes. Hi, I'm, my name is Nancy Unger. I got in the tail end of your wonderful, beautiful voice. Are, your, you the, uh, are you nine five? Excuse me, Nancy. Are, I'm, we're kind of going around the room one at a time here. Are you nine five one? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'm I was, sorry. Are you nine are you nine five one? Yes, she is. Okay, no, I was going to call on. About five, I'm leaving at about five thirty. I was going to call you next anyway, so go ahead. Oh, wonderful! No, no, I can wait. I can no, wait. no, I was going to call on you next. I just wanted to make sure that was you, so I didn't call on somebody twice. Oh, okay. I, I just want to say I really liked the book. It had a wonderful, happy ending. Everyone lived happily ever after. I liked that. I thought it was, I kind of liked, I, I know Julie was troubled. I liked her in a way. I liked Ashley, too. Um, I liked Jan, and I liked uh, um, Adele. I even liked Adele. I thought she was neat. I liked, and um, uh, what's her name? Marlene was, I don't know. That, she was, Marlene, unfortunately, yeah. she had to die. She had, she had cancer. 
Um, I, I loved sure. it when Julie slapped her father for making fun of Thomas. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't think that Eve was a, I mean, I liked the book a lot. I didn't think Eve was a good communicator being a, a best-selling author. I mean, with her, with her, in her own personal life, she didn't communicate very well to, to her children or, or with her husband. Yeah, but I, I really liked the book. I don't want to go on and on, though. I enjoyed it, Abby. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Well, that's just that's just the way. And I'm hoping that now, after the book ends, you know, I think hopefully maybe that we can we can say that perhaps she will. You know, she's better because she did. You know, change. She's putting more, spending more time with the family and and doing more cooking and, you know, getting them to take more responsibility. So, um, I'm hoping that maybe that you know perhaps that after. You know, at the end of the book, that she will change. That you know, she'll be better at communicating. Thank hey, you. Write a sequel. <laughs> well, I don't know if there'll be a sequel, but I'm just thinking. You know, you can just imagine that. I'm hoping that readers will imagine that she, you know, will change if she is No, she really tried in the end to be with her family. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, Liz. Um. Yeah. Hi. Um. I enjoyed the book. It kept my interest and kept me wanting to find out what happens next. Um, there were a couple times where I felt like I really had to suspend belief. Um, the Probably the most pronounced one was at the end where um, Trent's father had the tux that he wore to the prom and it just absolutely fit Greg perfectly. Um, <laughs> I thought that was just a little bit too... Um, I don't know. I don't know the word for it. But and mainly because I don't know many boys who like buy their tuxes. They usually rent them, and so I mean I can see a woman keeping her prom dress. I've known people that actually did that. Hi, um, and to answer Alan's question, I can't speak for most, but I know I certainly couldn't have gotten into a dress that I wore in high school. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Um, well, but yes, yeah, so okay. that was my question is like why, why I, I was wondering where the tuxedo thing came from because that for me was just a kind of well, a little bit. My feeling is the father, his father, it might have been the father's tuxedo and he gave it to him. And so that, that may have been where it came from. I didn't really think about that as another thing I didn't think about them not fitting into their tuxedos or their dresses. But, you know, then again, it, it makes it makes for a kind of a you know, creating a deja vu moment where she sees Greg and in uh, Trent's old tuxedo, and you know, it's it's even though it's not Trent, it's still giving her that you know, have creating that effect. So I think there may be times when you have to be a little unrealistic in order to create a certain effect in the story. Okay, Shirley, Robert. Okay. Um. Well, a couple of things. First of all, um, I I really did enjoy the book. You're a great writer, and uh, Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Um, I'm <laughs> two things. One of them you'll probably kind of get a chuckle at. Uh, you know, I was reading it, and and I get to this part about you know the uh, uh, about Greg teaching at the school for the blind, and you know before I really thought it through real quick, the first thing that entered my mind was, oh, how neat, this person, you know, put something about a school for the blind in it, isn't that neat? And then all of a sudden I thought, oh, of course, the author's blind, I forgot for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured you'd get a chuckle out of that, but that was what sort of hit me when I first read it, I thought, oh, well, that is really neat. And um, so I guess um, I must... <laughs> agree with the I thought it was a, a a little bit a little bit odd that she would have put that prom dress on for her husband cuz obviously you know he wasn't the one that you know the red dress he wasn't the one of course that saw her initially and you know like other people are saying obviously by then in real life you know something like that probably wouldn't fit somebody, but it did help them work out things, which was good. I was hoping that they would do that. Um, so, um, 
like I said, you know, I'm I'm not a writer. I can write if I have to, but I'm I'm more of an editor than I am a writer. Uh, you know, I like to proofread things and and maybe make comments, but boy, I wouldn't be one to sit down and write a book. So I admire you for being able to do it. And I guess I'm a little bit curious about your situation. I did read the little um, notes about you at the end, but. I was kind of curious if you've been visually impaired all your life and if you if you do have any vision at all. And also, I read or heard something about that one of your um, books is um, a romance. One of the people was saying she wasn't, you know, much into uh, romance novels, but that's what I really do enjoy. So maybe you can say what one that is and if it's available on Bookshare or not. And... Um, Again, I have a lot of admiration for you, uh, you know, in terms of what you've been through personally and your writing ability. So thank you very much. Thank you, Shirley. Um, Oh, no, I just lost my train of thought. Okay, you were asking about uh, my uh, romance. My first book, We Shall Overcome, is called We Shall Overcome, Uh, but you might they're pro- it's on Bookshare, but there's probably a bunch of other books by that title on there, too. It's a very popular title, so what you might want to do is try searching for my author name, which is Abby, A-B-B-I-E, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. And if you search for that, then all my books will come up. You should be able to find it there more easily. It was my first one. So okay. that might help. Oh, and I just completely forgot which. Oh, yes, my vision. Uh, yes, I was. I have some vision. I was born this way. I have enough vision to get around. I can see places and things and objects if they're close enough, and I can read print if it's large enough. And if not, then I can make it larger. I have ways of doing that, and I do use a cane mostly as a security blanket, <laughs> and to, you know to indicate to people that I am visually impaired. So that if I do need to ask for help, people know why. But when I was younger, of course, even though my, my vision hadn't changed, I was walking around without it because, you know, like any young people, I was, you know, I thought I could, didn't need it. So uh, so hope that answers your questions. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I, Like I said, I appreciate everything you've done. And, boy, you've, uh, you've obviously been through uh, a lot, and you deserve a lot of, uh, a lot of credit um, for all you've managed to do. So thank you okay. so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Shirley. Okay, next, Gail. Gail? Uh-oh. Gail, are you okay, there? Okay, I'm here. There she I is. I unmute. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I guess um, Abby already knows how much I love her book. So anyways, my question is, um, what did you read that helped you um, write the book? Thank you. What did I read that helped me write the book? Oh, boy. Well, um, well, at the time, I think when I was working on, I think our our writing group reads different books on writing, and at the time, I think we were reading what was it, plot structure and something or other by Jane Cleland, and that that's you know that that had some ideas in there that, that helped me about characterization and and different techniques. That's really the only thing I can think of. Uh, now, the book was actually inspired by a story told by a lady in my in a memoir writing workshop that I attended. Um, and this lady, uh, we, were, we were supposed to write about an article. And this lady wrote about a red flower, a similar story about a red blouse that she shared with the group. And so I just got one of those one if moments, and what if it was a dress, and, and what if, you know, uh, things changed a little bit, and that's basically how I came up with the plot for the red dress. Well, thanks. Uh, Don Queen? Don? Don, are you there? Don was muted earlier, let's see. Is he is he listed he's, in the list? He, he, he's he's in the list and he's muted, so Okay. Well, Michelle, you can go ahead then. All day, Don. Okay. 
Um, well, first of all, Abby, thank you so much for agreeing to come and talk to the group because this is, for me personally, this is absolutely fascinating. There's nothing I'd rather do than listen to somebody who's an author. And I have to say I'm so impressed that you, you wrote, a, wrote not only one book but many books. Uh, when I was younger, I tried to write, and the thing that I found really hard to do was dialogue. And I really liked the dialogue in your book. It's, a lot of it, it sounded very natural to me, and I was, I was very impressed with that. And I was also impressed with all like the dramatic tensions that you had in the book because it made me want to keep reading, reading, reading. And one of the storylines that I found really interesting was the one with her friend who had breast cancer because in my own family, you know, we, we had a, a similar situation with, with my aunt who was very young when she died. And I kept thinking when I was reading that part of the story how, and, and my aunt had one son, my cousin, who was an only child, and I kept, and he was pretty young when all this happened, and I kept thinking, you know, it would have been nice if he had sort of connected because he, he didn't really, he had such a hard time with it. And I liked how, you know, she brought her daughter along and, and helped sort of with the situation. So it, a lot of the story really rang very true to me. Um, and I had actually two questions for you. Um, my first question was I was interested in um, Tom Sawyer because you mentioned the name and it was right. mentioned a couple of times in the book. And the other question I had for you was just I'm, I'm fascinated with how writers write. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about, like, if you have a writing schedule, how long it took you to write the book, how much time you write, how much rewriting you do, all that kind of stuff. And thank you so much. It was really a very, well, very good book. Were you wanting to know how I came up with the uh, character? Of no, I actually like to know how people actually do the writing. Like, oh, okay, do you write, okay. Do you okay, write sure. an hour a day? Oh, yeah. Do you have well, a word limit? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, it took me, um, I'm trying to think, yeah, it took me about a year to write uh, The Red Dress. And I usually write, well, I, I write during the day usually. Um, and um, what I will do first thing in the morning is I'll check email, then I'll eat breakfast, and then I will work on whatever I'm working on. And I'll check email like right, maybe right before lunch or right after lunch when I go back to work. And and then and then I usually quit writing at four and then spend the rest of the time with email. I follow a lot of blogs because I have a blog of my own. And so one of the things I do is I follow blogs and I get a lot of their posts by email. And so that's what I'll do then at the end of the day is read through those and respond or just like them and share them or whatever I need to do with them. So and uh, and I I do try to write every day now. Sometimes on weekends I will. You know, just kind of decide not to do any writing and just kind of take it easy. But of late, I've had things like start another, another novel that I'm working on. And then this weekend, I'm busy uh, scheduling blog posts and doing other things with my computer because I'm going to be without it next week while I'm getting a new hard drive. So I'm kind of <laughs> going to be spending this weekend getting stuff done so that I can be without it and not have to worry about, you know, getting the stuff done that I need to use with this Fortunately, I have my uh, Braille Note Touch Plus that I can use for you know email and writing and stuff. So, but I can't do it, you know, a lot, a lot with it as far as you know my website and blog and that kind of thing. So, that's why I'm trying to get all this stuff done. But that's basically you know my writing schedule, and I just try to to stick to that, and um, it usually works. I do, of course, like I as Sherry said, I I do exercise three days a week at the Y, and I sing with my group and. I have other writers for meetings that I go to. But when I'm not doing that, and of course at night, I usually just kind of take it easy. Because at the end of the day, I'm usually tired. I don't try to write at night. So I hope that answers your question. Thank you. And what about the Tom Sawyer? Where did that come from? Oh, where? Well, you know, I just I just thought it would be kind of a cool uh, thing, play on words, uh, mm -hmm. kind of okay. play on words type of thing to do. To have you know Tom and call, I wanted to call and they call him Thomas that way, you know he's not you know people don't get him you know think of Tom Sawyer but then he kind of liked after his father read him the book kind of wanted to be Tom Sawyer, but luckily not as uh, a hellion as Tom the actual right. Tom Sawyer and Mark Twain was but he still liked the idea and of course if he were to become a baseball player I think. 
Tom Sawyer might be more catchier name than Thomas Sawyer, you know, so. Okay, well, Don Queen, are you back? Well, that sounded like a bit of Don Queen. You there, Don? I wonder if he's got microphone trouble. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go then. Um, thank you for coming, Abby. And I like to, uh, like Alan said, Jack was one of my favorite characters. I also liked Brenda. And I liked the way Julie changed uh, yeah. during the book and grew. Um, the book kept me interested to see what was going to happen at the end. Um, I thought it was interesting that Charlene seemed to be well taken care of, but the minute she died, her husband was like, yeah, how selfish well. she is to get this crap out of here. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was a nice yeah, touch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yet he treated her well while she was alive, so it oh, sounds yeah. like that was yeah. better than she deserved. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, uh, my question for you was, um, many times in these book groups, we talk about how we wish there was an epilogue. This book ended in a good spot. We didn't really need an epilogue. As you said, we can imagine what happened afterwards and how people were. But I just wondered, as an author, when you end the book, do you have an idea in mind of what happens to these people? Or are you just kind of like, oh, gosh, I'm glad to be done with this because it's been such a pain? Well, I have in mind. In fact, I originally was going to have an epilogue like six months later. Well, let's see. No, it wouldn't be six months. It would be da 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 you know, the following spring when Julie would go to the prom with Chad and I was going to, and then I was going to have them maybe dancing, her and Greg dancing, you know, in the red dress after they leave, you know, Julie, I leave the prom with then, you know, after I wrote that scene where her mother, you know, sees her in the dress and thinks she's with Chad and Trent and going to the prom, I thought that was, that was a better place to end. So. But I'm I'm guessing that, you know, what will happen, and of course I do cover that, you know, as they're getting ready to leave for the reunion, and Julie mm -hmm. goes, I want to wear the dress, and actually, I'm going to wear the dress after that, yada, 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 yada. So that kind of, you know, ties up that loose end, at least I hope it does. Anyway. So, so uh, when you finish, the, is it a relief to be done, or well, are you kind of sad to be done? It or? is, no, it is kind of, it is kind of a relief. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not that it was, you know, not something I didn't want to do, it just... You know, once I'm, in, I'm done with it, it, it's a relief. And what I usually do then is I will put it aside, and I put this aside, I think maybe, uh, you know, for maybe a few months or a month or, I'm trying to think of how long I put it down before I started working on it. It's always a good idea when you finish something to let it sit for a while and then look at it with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, everybody... Are you, are you working on anything else now, Abby? Do As a matter a of novel? fact, yes. I did start another novel not too long ago, and it was, it was inspired by a quote I read on one of the blogs I follow. Your grandmother pretends not to know who you are on Halloween. And, of course, having worked with nursing home residents with Alzheimer's, I got this idea, well, grandmother, grandmother's you know, aren't pretending. They don't know who you are anytime, so, you know, not just on Halloween. And so that's kind of the premise for this book about a grandmother who has dementia, who's in a nursing home, who has this secret that finally comes out in one of her more lucid moments and how her family is dealing with it. And it's basically, the working title right now is called Grandma Doesn't Know Me. Well, we've covered everybody, had, so if anybody has I any actually had one more question. Sure, go ahead, Liz. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has to do with when you're finished with a novel, do you ever, do the characters ever come into your mind? I, I, I would imagine that if I was writing a novel, I'd be having this ongoing dialogue, like a, a kind of an invisible friend relationship with the characters in my book. And once you're finished writing the book, do you ever, do they ever visit you? <laughs> Not really. And they don't really visit me that much during the during the writing process either. Some writers have that experience. I don't really get those visitations. I get, you know, I get ideas when I'm writing of how I'm going to, you know, keep writing the book, but it's not like the characters really talk to me. But as I said, other writers do have that, and I, I, I don't, it doesn't really work that way for me. I have a question, Sherry. If yeah, I can. We're done. It's open discussion now. So go for oh, it. Bob. Well, I don't want to scream. I'm Bob. I want to, Abby, I want to ask you this. 
it was a unique way, the way you had Adele and Eve come together. But you, I think I heard you say, with my poor hearing, that you work with Alzheimer's people. Is this, yes. uh, is, is this if I'm wrong, forgive me. Is this, a, a, can the Alzheimer's people do this, like make friends? You fought 25 years ago or whatever. I want you girls to go out and make friends. And she's talking when you had her mainly um, not very lucid throughout the book, the mother. I'm talking well, and, about. And she's still not that lucid because she has forgotten about what happened. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She doesn't remember that Eve found Adele uh, in flagrante in flagrante delicto with her vet, with her boyfriend in the back of his car. She doesn't remember that. You know, she's 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 almost like back in uh, when when Eve and Adele were children, and you know, so she that's why she's saying you know you need to make up, you know, and she doesn't yeah. because she has forgotten. So and I I wanted to ask you. I I would have ruined your story though. But I can tell you that my mom, if somebody took my tape recorder and just confiscated it, would have roared down there and got it back. I mean, the mother yelled about it for 25 years. Oh, <laughs> well, no, uh, I, you know, different what, people handle Eve handle was 18. Eve was yes. a freshman. And I think, uh, but I don't want to ruin your story. That would have ended it because she got the red. But, well, my, but normally they'd storm it. down. I'm and, done. I'm sorry. Well, I've no, known some moms that would do exactly that. Yeah, they, <laughs> they would they be laying guilt twenty-five years for... of harping at poor Eve. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've they known would? some moms okay. that would do then that. I yeah. the, 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 I'll tell you a very the tape recorder back. I when I'll tell you a really, I, I'm sorry. Let me just address Bob's. Uh, Thank you. What Bob just said here, real quick. I'm sorry, but um, uh, like I said, this story was this book was inspired by a similar story that I heard, and in this story. The woman gave away a red blouse, and her mother mm-hmm. was not happy with her, and their relationship was never the same. And she never did get a chance to, you know, get the blouse back or or redeem herself or anything. So that is what drove me to write this book, with, you know, so that it would, you know, to have it end, so that the mother would be redeemed in some way. So, okay. did you want to say something, Liz, or? Oh, I was just going to tell you a story about how mothers don't forget. My mom bought me a dress. I was working um, in foster care and I went to court a lot and my mom would go do shopping for me, which was, I mean, I wouldn't ask her. She'd just show up with these things that she found at, you know, Kmart on sale kind of thing, which was a nice thing to do. And I always, you know, thanked her for that. Well, this one dress, I liked the style. It was a classic kind of a shirtwaist dress, shirtwaist dress kind of thing, but it was hot pink with great Big white polka dots oh all my over the dress, <laughs> and my mom was like, "I just saw you could wear this to court." And I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so I never wore this dress. It was like, "Oh my god!" I would be laugh. I would lose all credibility. Okay, so there's a there's a life for a novel: the hot pink dress with great big yeah. white polka dots. <laughs> so what happened was this: my cousin um, was going through really hard time she was divorcing her husband and my mom said that her daughter was about my size and did I have any clothes that I could donate oh yeah sure so I went through it you know that that dress went into that bag (laughs) (laughs) I was I went to my aunt's house I never thought that they would actually open the bags and go through the clothes in front of me to see what I donated my mother was so mad that that dress was in there Oh, she was so a okay. My mistake was I did not take the price tag off the dress. So she knew oh, I no. <laughs> so, But yeah, so Abby, it is it is true. There are some moms who will hold on to this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Abby, did you want to talk a little bit about your other books to tell us a little well, about about sure. them as well? Um and let me just uh correct something that Michelle said earlier. My fourth book is actually My Ideal Partner and that okay. is a rom- that is a memoir about how I met, married, and cared for my late husband, Bill, after he suffered two strokes. And then my third book is That's Life, New and Selected Poems, and that's a, a small book of poems. And then the second one is How to Build a Better Mousetrap. Recollections and Reflections of Family Character. That's also poems. And then the first book, as I said earlier, is We Shall Overcome, and it's a romance novel. And all these books are available 
on Bookshare. And then if you want, if you'd rather have it on an NLS cartridge, uh, you can, your library should be able to get it from our region library in Utah. We Shall Overcome and Mousetrap and My Ideal Partner are all available from Utah in digital uh, cartridge. So your, your oh, talking library should be, might be able to order those, should be able to access those through inter interlibrary loan. Do you find it very different writing a memoir or poetry as compared to a novel? Well, yes, because a memoir, I don't really have to plot the story, you know, because I'm, I'm writing about something I know, you know, that happened to me. So I'm not thinking, okay, so how am I going to do this or that? Uh, so, yes, it is, it, a memoir is different because I, I, it's not making anything up. Um, now, I do, I'll admit there were a few things, minor details like budged in my ideal partner. Uh, as, like, for example, when my husband and I ate lunch together at the nursing home. Of course, I couldn't remember what we had, but I knew that Bill always liked their fried chicken, and so that's why I you know, had, him, had us eating fried chicken, things like that. But otherwise, a memoir is, is basically you're writing about an experience that happened to you, and you don't have to, you know, it, so you're not really plotting and saying, okay, is it, how is this going to happen, and what's this person going to do, and, you know, so it's all, it's, it's, you know, all there already because it's your own experience. I hope I made that clear. If I may, uh, Abby, uh, you probably know all this. But this should be on BARD, okay? I know you went through the library there. You can get it. I think I heard right through the Utah Library or something. I'm talking about the red dress right now. One yeah. way to do it, it's going to sound it's going to sound weird, but we heard her directly on Tech Talk. Karen Kenninger said, "Write me. Said go go to me because I can okay. if I like it. I can go around things like follow your dog." Karen Kenninger. All right, I uh, which yeah, I try to do that, and, that. And, and summarize the book a little bit and say, Do you want to read it or whatever? But I'm not guaranteeing anything, but she said it there. She is come straight to me. Let me see what I think of the book. She do you happen it. to have you probably don't have an email address handy or handy for her because I missed that? And I, see, don't, I don't, but I bet Ann Parsons would if you're on a list with her, she'll have it. Oh, and yeah, I am on library Ann, service for oh. the print disabled or something. Karen it's a new Kinnison. name. I will ask Ann. Yes, I know Ann. Yeah, She's on, Ann I'm on a everything. couple of lists with her. <laughs> That's not a problem. Okay, okay, I can do. Well, thank you, Bob. I really it appreciate that. It should be on board. Okay, I've read. It should be on board. Absolutely. All right, I will write to her and see what she can do. Sure. Thank you. I really um, wanted to ask a, a question and make a comment about the um, woman not being able to fit into her prom dress. The average woman maybe no, but believe it or not, women do come in all shapes and sizes, and I didn't find that particularly unbelievable that um, she might fit in her prom dress. I mean, some people are you know, better at watching their weight or they're just naturally thin, if you know what I mean. So that, that, that well, and, and yeah, and see, Eve is not, you know, she, she's, you know, she does work out and she spends a lot of time writing and maybe she doesn't eat, eat, you know, as well. And so maybe she, it would be a little thinner. So that's a good point. Thank you. Yeah, and the other question I had, because as I, 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 I explained earlier, I do write, it's, it's a hobby and I've had a few things published in publications, but um, I'm, curious, I'm curious about how you, um, do you sit down and you plot out your characters to sit down and write a profile about each of the characters or how do you um, develop your Not really. Now, I'm, I'm reading another book right now called Description and Setting uh, by Ron, R-O-N, Roselle, R-O-Z-E-L-L-E. It's on Bookshare. One of the things he suggests is doing a character profile for each of your characters. And this novel I'm writing right now, I'm doing it a little bit differently. There are several uh, main characters from which I'm alternate, altern, uh, alternatively, uh, let me see if I can put that better. I'm telling the story from, their, from alternating points of view of each of these characters. And so I started doing these character profiles of each character to kind of give me, help me understand the person better and maybe give me more of an angle as to how I'm going to tell this story. Because this book, unlike The Red Dress and We Shall Overcome, I am not sure how this book is going to end. And so um, I am doing a bit more plotting of that sort 
you know, to hopefully help me figure out an ending for the book. The but name mostly, again by Ron Roselle. I'm writing this down because oh yes, it's it's called description and setting, and it's Ron R O N Roselle R O Z as in zebra E L L E. Well, one thing that I learned from this book is I've made meatloaf for a very, very long time, and I've never used oatmeal, and I think I told you this, that I didn't realize that you could substitute oatmeal for breadcrumbs. Oh, yes, so I, yes. I, did, I did learn a cooking tip, and I wondered the diner that was in this book or the coffee shop, was it based on any place that you go to regularly? Absolutely, it was. Uh, I don't go there now because it's a totally different restaurant, but when I was a kid, there was a, a place downtown called the Palace Cafe that made milkshakes, and uh, my dad serviced coin-operated machines, so he would always go there and service the jukebox, and he would take me there, um, you know, once in a while when he had to service the jukebox, and then when I got older, I would walk there after school and get a milkshake. So, yes, that, that is, yes, and some, and of course, that's why I, and of course, this is here in Sheridan. Uh, I don't, I, I know there are some and, you know, my late husband grew up in Feller, Colorado, and that's kind of why I said it there, because I wanted to set it in, in Colorado, because that would be more realistic to have a kid living in Colorado who's a fan of the Colorado Rockies, as opposed to Wyoming. So uh, I kind of set it there just for something different. But, you know, these, these places are in the book are mainly fictitious. Any reference to any real places are just, is just purely coincidental. Well, Abby, I just want to comment on your um, uh, your nursing home and um, how spot on you were about life in a nursing home facility. Um, that was well. I very worked similar in one to, for fifteen years, so <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I, to I hear remember that. that you you had said that, so I uh, I remembered that, and I thought, well, she knows from firsthand experience. And I and I know you do too, Joni. I understand. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. In this facility. Yeah, I, I know. call it myself for the rest of my life. But. Oh dear. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. It's our next book, ladies. Does anybody have any final uh, anything that they'd like to? Any other questions or comments that they'd like to make? I have a I have a comment for Liz. Mm -hmm. Okay. Liz, are you still here? She That's may be a muted. Question. I'm Liz? here. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> so, w w were you going for a mini pearl kind of thing, where you wore your pink dress with the price tag <laughs> on it? I did not wear it. No, no. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Did. That's what got that's what got me into real trouble. Oh. The price tag was still on it. I, my mom was serious. Sorry. Sorry. I, that's I, funny. I, it's it's okay. so funny what you say, Liz, because my mom and I had radically different fashion senses. And I remember when I was oh, yeah. when I was getting married, it was you know my mom went with me to get the dress, and it was like what she wanted me to wear and what I wanted to wear were so different. So I, I don't uh -huh. think it's so unusual. <laughs> Mothers well, this and daughters. This was one of those dresses that you can't even imagine the person who made it thought it was going to ever. It was hot pink with bright bright polka dots. <laughs> anyway, 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 never mind. <laughs> Um, well, first of all, Abby, thank you so much. This was so enjoyable. And as you can tell, everybody really, really enjoyed your book. And we look forward to reading your, your backlist and your your book to come. And, and thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Oh, and, you're, and you're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Um, so next month, um, we are meeting. We always meet on the first Friday of the month. And I think it's December sixth. Yeah. Yeah. December I think it's 6th. December sixth. And so we're gonna be reading a book that I recently finished and I thought was fantastic. It's called uh, City of Girls and the author is Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh yeah. And if you've heard of her name, she's the woman who wrote Eat Pray Love. Right. Um, okay. but this is different than Eat Pray Love. And the D B number is nine five five six. Three. So it's nine 
5563. It's a little bit longer than generally I like to pick. It's about 15 hours, so hopefully it's not too long. Um, but it's unbelievably entertaining. Okay. It's, so, it's so much fun, this book. It's about, um, it takes place in the 1940s. It's about this young woman who gets into a little bit of trouble when she's in college, and she's sent yeah. off to live with her aunt, uh, who runs this kind Uh-oh. of rundown, yeah, rundown yeah. um, theater in New York City, and she has all these characters that are living there as well, and she's very uh, independent for her time, very independent. And um, she meets a lot of really interesting people like gangsters and showgirls. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really fun book. Mm. Um, I will forewarn you, I know everybody has things that trigger them. So some people like me don't like to read about violence. And other people don't like to read about sexual content. So there is sexual content in this book, but most of it is off screen. So you okay. hear about okay. it, but you don't That's really good. hear about it. I will, but I will say there is one scene that is how I, I would describe it as yucky. It's just oh, yucky. Dear. And when you good. get to it, you're going to be like, this is just really yucky. Um, yeah. So you okay. can, it's, you know, it's not terribly significant for the story. You'll recognize it very early. And if you want to skip ahead a few minutes, go ahead. Um, you're not going to miss it's anything of any okay. any significance. Well, um, but there but there is sexual content. But it's like I said, it's it, it's not you don't hear it. You just know about it, kind of. Um, so um, and but it was very entertaining. It's it's a really that's how I would describe it. It's entertaining. It's light. It's fun. Um, there are some issues that come up in the story, but they're sort of you know within this sort of entertaining context. So I I would highly recommend it. It's called City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert, and the DB number, once again, is 95563. So, Joni, why don't you tell us a little bit about Banquet of Books, if you could? Oh, thank you, Michelle. Uh, Banquet of Books will be November 10th, the second Sunday of the month, and in Banquet, what we do is uh, we discuss, each person um, discusses books that um, they've either liked or disliked. Um, you can discuss any book that you've read, even I've had people that talked about magazine articles that they read. And we welcome you to Banquet. It's a fun place to be. I think people really enjoy coming into it. And um, all we really want is a three to five minute um, uh, description of the book. Um, Hopefully, the author and the book number, if possible, or where you read it from. Um, And um, hopefully, I always get nervous that nobody's going to come, and people always do come. And um, I think people enjoy banquet. So again, what time is it, Joni? On Sunday, November tenth. It's five o'clock Eastern. And you know the other. And I am I am sorry, Joni, but I'm probably not going to be able to make it that day because one of my writing groups behind our eyes is having a virtual book fair that day or media phone conference and. Authors will be talking about their books, and so I doubt that I will be able to make it that day. I'm sorry, but you know this will be a good, um, another good way for me to promote my work. So absolutely, I'm sorry I won't well, be I, well, we'll miss you, Abby. But yeah. you know, you're always welcome. And um, I know, Bob. These are, I don't. I, I guess, book. Uh, these the banquet is archived, right, Bob? Yes. It is archived. Yeah. Yes. I, oh, yes. yeah. I can always go back. I'll yeah. I'll get the recording later when mm-hmm. when it's archived. Okay. Well, do you want to tell us about so your group too? Or... No. I'm sorry, Alan. Did you want to tell us about your book and the oh, group? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's uh, uh the book title is Barnum, and it's uh, oh, yeah. so I don't remember the book number, but it, the author's name is Robert uh, Wilson. And uh, we'll be meeting uh, November 19th, the third Tuesday, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 
which I know is too late for certain people. But uh, sorry about yeah. that. It's it's eight p it's eight p.m. Central my time, and it's uh, convenient for me. So there you go. Uh, so anyway, hope y'all can come. And, and I don't know if Don is able to tell us about his book, or I, I don't know if he's still here. Or? Uh, oh, the history. Mm-hmm. I know the name of his book is African Samurai, right. and the group meets yeah. next Tuesday night at mm-hmm. eight o'clock uh, Eastern time, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's um I, I can't even think I can't think of the author but um but it's not it's also not a terribly long book as well, so <laughs> right. Okay. And the mystery um, book and club in novel reading, Mystery Book Club's reading Bootlegger's Daughter and it's pretty good. I, I Isles, did Greg Isles write it, Don? I'm not sure. I mean no no, one? no, no. Okay. Bootlegger's Daughter. Yeah. It's what it is. It's on Bookshare and on Bard. Mm-hmm. And in Novel Ideas, which is the third Friday of the month, we're reading An Anonymous Girl by mm-hmm. Greer Hendricks and Julie Wallen. And I'm reading it right now, and I have to I, I tell you, it's very interesting. It's, it's purely a psychological thriller, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's different from anything I've ever read. So I'm, I highly encourage people to give it a try. Anonymous girl, what's the DB number, don't you know? Oh, yeah, hold on just a second. I will get that for you. Oh, don't start from Audible. So um, it's very well narrated. I'm sorry, I, I just can't seem to. Does anyone know the. Excuse um, me, may I end the recording, Sherry? Have we finished? Yes, yes. go okay, ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. <laughs>